No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, happy new year and welcome back to This Is Not A Backup Plan. I am so glad to be here with you. In this week's episode, I interviewed my friend Savannah Perkins about her Amazon delivery company that she has started. Savannah and I went to Utah State University. We studied journalism together and then we worked at the Herald Journal together. And that was probably one of the funnest times of when I was working at the newspaper was when I was getting to do it with Savannah. Savannah and I have both transitioned out of journalism and we both did it in situations where we felt like we were kind of forced to for different reasons. Like it had to happen whether or not we wanted it to. And so in this conversation, we chat about making that change. We chat about what led her to starting the Amazon delivery company. And we talk about just what that experience has been like and the ways that she has changed thinking about being a small business owner to fit with what interests her and what she values in her career opportunity. I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation and I think you'll really enjoy our chat. All right, Savannah, thank you so much for joining me. I'm very excited to chat with you. Will you take a minute and introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Savannah Perkins. I currently live in Washington State. I went to school at Utah State University. I am married. I have a daughter, Thea. She's two and a half. And I love the Pacific Northwest. I do miss the mountains of Utah, though. I'm trying to think of anything outside of work-related. I really love traveling. I have lots of dreams of places that I want to go. I've been able to travel a little bit, but outside of work, those are my main interests is my Pinterest that I constantly have of all the dream places that I want to go. My dream board. And I vision. love you so much. <laughs> so speaking of work, but also speaking of just like how life goes, will you tell me a little bit about what you kind of imagined your life as an adult would be when you were a kid? What were you wanting to do? What were you thinking you'd like to do? It's funny because I have this video when I was little, I I think I was giving a talk in church or something, but I went on probably about five minutes about saying, I want to be a ballerina cheerleader, ice skater. I think there was like a combo of all three. That really was the first documented dream of mine. I never got into dance classes, but that was the goal. Beyond that, I started just really getting involved in my community and really learning about different ways to help people. I thought that I wanted to be a doctor for a little bit, but then realized I hate blood and don't (laughs) handle that. And I'm super squeamish. So that sidelined those dreams of helping people. And then one day I was, I chose yearbook on a whim and decided I really liked 
telling stories. And writing was always something that I had done in my dad is an avid reader and writer. And so I grew up a lot, like surrounded by books in my home. And I just thought that was like, yeah, I I'm better at reading and writing than I am math. That was just how I categorized it, but I didn't think it was anything special. And then I had a yearbook teacher who said, Hey, you're actually good at this. I have a contact at the local newspaper. Would you like to chat with them? And I was like, I don't know. The only context I have about that is Rory from Gilmore Girls. And sure, (laughs) let's go see what that's about. So I did. And on that very first visit, they gave me a press badge and my very first story assignment and then just said, all right, come back with 300 words. (laughs) And, And I had no idea what I was doing, but I did it and I loved it. And so I just kept doing it. And so that was such a huge point in my life where I'm like, I am 15 years old and I know exactly what I'm doing with my life. I've never been more sure. I have a path. That path was leading me to be the editor of the New York Times. (laughs) That was the plan. And I had so many different opportunities. I don't know. I feel like sometimes when you have a, a goal or a dream, you like have to seek out opportunities. And then there's other times where like things are being like thrust at you and you're like, oh, I'm not qualified to do this at all, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, Felt like a lot of that. And so it just confirmed to me that this is what's meant to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I rode that wave for a a long time. I loved telling stories and talking to people, really becoming embedded in a community. That's what my time as a journalism student at Utah State taught me, was how to talk to community members, to community stakeholders, to ask questions, to be observant, and to care about people and <laughs> communities. And so that that led me to 2020, where I was about to graduate with my journalism major and working full-time at the local newspaper. I had just gotten married. Everything felt like it was in the exact right place that it was supposed to be. And then COVID happened. And it all just fell apart. (laughs) I think there was a need for a reset for me, maybe even a need to be lost for a little bit, even if it seemed really scary. And so I leaned into that. I think maybe a lot of people did during that time as well, but I leaned into being lost and like asking questions and wondering what other possibilities out there could be. Yeah. So that that was a really big pivotal point for me. And then I got pregnant and had my baby and that changed things all over again. Started figuring out how I wanted to and re-enter the workforce while also trying to balance being a mom and not knowing how I was going to be able to do that with returning to newspapers. And my father-in-law just happened to be starting a company and said he needed an HR director. And I said, I have no idea how to do that. And he said, you're hired. (laughs) He was starting an Amazon delivery company. It's kind of a odd thing. I had never thought about Amazon delivery past me pressing buy and packages showing up on my doorstep. But it's an interesting system where Amazon contracts out to local people. They contract out to small businesses for all of the delivery. So everybody that shows up on your doorstep wearing Amazon uniforms don't actually work for Amazon. They work for us small business owners. And 
So that was the type of company that I I got into by working as an HR director. And it was a whole brand new world that I had no idea what I was really getting myself into or how much it would ultimately change the course of my life. I saw it as, hey, this is something that I can do while raising my daughter, putting my husband through school, just a short-term fix, which has now led to me owning my own Amazon delivery company and employing, I think as of today, I have 40 employees. So that is the roller coaster that we've been on so far. Very exciting. I was thinking back when you were sharing your ballerina cheerleader ice skater. Mine when I was about that age was a cowgirl that sings on the radio. Uh, (laughs) I love that. that. That's what I wanted to be when I was like five or six. So so our career paths have both turned out very differently than what we thought when we were that age. Tell me, though, a little bit more about making that transition. How do you feel like the things you studied, like the communication degree, you had a communication and marketing degree, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. How do you feel like those things that you studied helped you or impacted you or shaped the way you approached when you started working in HR? Yeah. At first I felt like I was really trying to find all of the ways that it overlapped to like almost validate this change into this different career. But the minute I stopped trying so hard to see how it fit together, the more it all fit together. That's how it works. I think number one, just being able to communicate with people is so helpful. Being able to craft responses or de-escalate confrontation Uh, All of those things are important skills that I picked up just from talking to people on a daily basis. Another big one was one of the reasons I loved being a reporter so much was being able to be a mini expert in a ton of different things. I loved just diving into a topic, learning everything I could about it, and then presenting it. And I'm not an expert in HR generally. I am only somewhat of an expert in HR for Amazon delivery, which is a very different beast in itself. But it means that I often was doing many, I'd say it's more like an HR generalist. Like I was just, I had to be a mini expert in so many different things, whether it was hiring or people management or benefits or 401k or somebody couldn't figure out the time clock or these these various different systems that I had to master in order to then share with others how to master them. So that that desire to learn a lot or learn a lot about many different things really prepared me a lot for that transition, for sure. Were there things that you liked about your new job or that were exciting to you that you found surprising? That you were like, this is a cool thing that I'm learning about myself or this job that I like or that works well with my personality or my training? That's a really great question. I think honestly, at the beginning, I was really negative about it. Like it felt I had always been on a trajectory of this is a step that will lead to this, that will lead to this. And when I first got that job as an HR director, I didn't feel like it was really leading me anywhere. And so I felt really discouraged and I felt stuck. But I was... I think I was most surprised at how much I cared about the people that I worked with and how quickly I cared about the people that I worked with. Amazon delivery is a very transient job. It A lot of people come in the doors, try out delivery, decide it's not for them. And so like it, you get disappointed a lot. You really start to care about these people and they leave or it's not for them and you have to allow that to happen. But I was, I guess I was really surprised at how 
quickly I could care about these people and really wanting to be invested in the success of the company and the success of these individuals and the success of us together, like collectively. And the building of a community, I guess, is really what it came down to. I I don't think I realized that no matter like what job you're at or you don't even have to necessarily be passionate about the the outcome or what the purpose of the job is or all of that, but caring about the people can help you be passionate about the community that you're building with those people. So you mentioned being a little bit negative at the beginning. I too have transitioned out of journalism. This is like how we're friends, right? We <laughs> program at Utah State together. We sat next to each other. I will, you got the job because you were good, but I told the editor, I said, we need a new reporter and it is going to be Savannah. Like that is who you're going to be hiring. So I did not get you the job. I just knew you were really good. It was a lot of fun. It was very special. But I too transitioned out of journalism in a situation in which I felt I was forced to transition out of journalism, which I think is very much where you came to your transition. So you talked a little bit about not being happy about it at first. And I'm just wondering maybe if you want to talk about either some of the like frustrations or some of the things that felt sad to you and maybe how you address that. Because you're I know that not everything is great now, but like you continued down this path. So how did you kind of take care of yourself or think about the feelings and things you were having as you were making that transition? It's funny to admit because it seems maybe petty or the wrong thing to focus on, but I really did feel like I had become known for being a reporter, for being in journalism. That's how I made so many of my friends. I had so many mentors through that. It was something that I knew I was good at. And so I identified really strongly with that path of journalism. And so by feeling like I had to step away or being forced to step away or however, it made me feel like I might be letting people down or changing this idea of how people saw me. And it's hard because you also at the end of the day just want to be okay with you and not think about how other people might see it. But it did feel not only was it disappointing to me to not then know or even have an image of what my future looked like. I'm a person I like to have a five-year plan. I, I like to know what's coming. So for all that to change and then also the fear of what people would think, am I just giving up on this this part of my identity or how people might view me? And so with that, what was the process like of going from feeling like that to deciding to start your own business? I'm imagining there must have been some making peace and <laughs> what were kind of the turning points that led you to think, you know what, I am going to continue down this path. I am going to see what comes next if I keep going down this path. Yeah, I would hope so. But for me, I had my my boss approach me a couple of times saying, hey, there's this program where if you've been with this company for a year or more, I can nominate you to go through this program to start your own company through Amazon would have a whole, basically a mini like MBA program for you to go through to, to prepare you to do this. And the first couple of times he brought it up, I just rejected it because yeah, this wasn't my dream. Why get farther into it if I'm not feeling necessarily like this is what I want to do forever. But the more I felt confident in my role and realized what I had to offer that company particularly and starting to see my value within that company, recognizing that even in something that I wasn't where I thought I was going to be, that I had something to offer made me think that maybe I could continue moving forward and continue offering it to other people. And I saw particularly a common theme throughout my life has been community 
I think it's the thread that ties all of my different jobs together is, and what makes, or the jobs at least that I enjoy uh, together is a sense of community. And so once the idea was presented to me as something where I could, because I think people had tried to convince me to do it, like think about the money that you could make or think about this the way you could structure it or the organization of it or whatever it was, or think about just like the label of being a boss or an owner. Like those things felt exciting, but they also felt like really heavy. There's all of this responsibility and time that go into it. But the idea of building a community, like from the ground up, a place where I could potentially help people and bring people in and lift others up and like just really build a like a refuge for people at work. And that seems very like cheesy, but I, I think that's what tipped me over the edge of, okay, maybe all of that hard work and how intimidating that seems and the not fun aspects of running a company. I think that could make it all worth it. I love that. I like that shift in perspective. I like have mixed feelings because I think sometimes the ways we talk about men and women being different, I would say, especially from the cultural background that you and I come from are often very superficial. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really based in research. They're based in some people's feelings. Mm-hmm. I hate that sometimes because I'm like, no, there's a lot of reasons in which we should treat men and women similarly. However, mm-hmm. I will say from cultural factors and just things that we know through research, it does make sense that like women are motivated by different things. And so it makes sense. Like I don't love the idea of starting my own business. I don't love the idea of being responsible for that. It doesn't sound fun to me to organize it, you know, like being like, make your more money because you're it's not appealing to me. But that what you shared about like getting to set the tone for someone's workplace, I'm like, that would speak to me. And so I feel like that's just a really good example about how in a very male-dominated world, like small businesses are talked about in very one very specific way. And there's other reasons why people would want to be a business owner. Yeah. I got goosebumps just you saying that. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting how the reason why I keep coming back isn't necessarily because of the bottom line, the money, all of that. That's how I'm able to keep the doors open and keep things functioning. But at the end of the day, it's seeing everybody come back from driving around all day and excited to see me. And I'm excited to see them. I love that for you. Tell me more about what the transition has been like to having your own business. I spent about three or four months, maybe four or five months. I don't know. It's all blur. I started the program to train to become an owner through Amazon in February I was also still working at my previous company. And so I was juggling a lot of different things at the same time, doing my job and being trained to be an owner. I was also training my replacement. It was a lot of pressure during that time. I think it did a good job of preparing me for what life as an owner is because it is nonstop, is 24-7. And so since that was almost six, seven months ago, I had a lot of time to put together like a business plan and really think about the big picture stuff. Because this job, it is very operationally intensive. Every day starts back over. You don't get weekends. It is seven days a week. Every day is a brand new day with all of the same expectations as the day before, if not more so. Knowing that, I really tried to do a lot of the big picture thinking back before we launched so that I could make sure we were setting everyone up for success because where we are right now, it is every day is a brand new day. It's crazy. I'm working probably 15 hours a day, 15, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm exhausted. I don't get to actually see my daughter right now, which is really hard. My parents are watching her most of the time. And so there's been like really hard parts. 
but I'm like so grateful for that time that I had to think of the bigger picture and to plan out like the values of the company and the structure of the company and kind of have in mind the type of people I wanted to fill leadership roles so that we could be in a place where we are now, where it does feel like every day there's the possibility of everything collapsing around me and it's super high stress and very intense and not a whole lot of sleep and a whole lot of eating, like the, all the unhealthy behaviors that come with stress sometimes. I feel I did a lot of foundational work earlier this year in order to get me to a place where we can function right now, even in the midst of chaos. But I don't know if anything really prepared me for how hard this was going to be. So we're just taking it one day at a time. I just feel like such a good reminder that like shifts like this are really hard and like they take a lot out of you to do them. As you were saying this about like the cycle starts over every day, it just made me think of that is news. <laughs> no, it didn't matter. It often felt like it didn't matter what you did the day before. All of it started all over again. Like it would always come back right around the next day. That is so true. Yeah. Especially with daily deadlines for stories. It's okay. I'm working so hard to get this story done and then it's submitted. And then I have to do it again the next day. <laughs> so yeah, you kept that part with you. Very fun. I sure did. The best part, really. <laughs> the joy. Truly the joy of being a reporter. The fact that the cycle never ends. Yep. Luckily for me, I... So we launched the company a month and a half ago. My husband and I were, were in this together, managing everything. And we had this idea that we would do it just me and him, like manage everything, all the different roles for probably the first month or so. We were like, yeah, that's totally doable. <laughs> we're going to be totally fine. And within the first week, we, you know, we'd hired all these drivers and we were looking at our drivers of which ones can we move up quick? Like who, who and how and when within a week we were looking at that. And I've just been blown away at when you're setting out to build a community and you invest in people. And people then invest in you. And I have been, like, I think that this is the thing I'm the most astounded by is there are so many people that I did not know two months ago that now I cannot imagine life without them. We have an incredible team, like just the drivers alone, but a lot of drivers that I've been able to move up into leadership positions. And that just feels really special to be in a place where I can pay someone more and give them more experience and give them more skills. And like that I get to be like almost like the gatekeeper of that feels <laughs> I can be the one to teach someone something that then changes how they they do their job or that give them opportunities that they weren't given anywhere else. And I don't know, that part's exciting. Really special, especially like when this is a really hard point. Is the hope that like you get things under your feet after a few more months that like you are able to hire more people and then it's not just you all the time and you get to see your daughter and look around your community? Is that kind of like how you work th through things? Yeah, right now. So getting a contract with Amazon, you don't often get to decide the when or the where. And so that part's a little frustrating. We were told that we had, we did have a couple options, but basically we were told that we were moving and that we were going to be launching on this day. And so we had to get everything ready to do that, moving and finding an apartment and also hiring people. Like all of that had to happen a very short amount of time. I think I had six weeks um, from the time that they told me okay, you're starting a company. And to the day that we had vans on the road, six weeks. So not a whole lot of time 
I'm sure everyone's well aware that peak season for delivery drivers is holiday season. And so the fact that we launched right before peak uh, delivery (laughs) craziness also means a special kind of stress at this time. So things are going to be really hectic. Probably just as an example, I started off with uh, 15 employees and by December, we'll probably have around 70 or 80 employees. So we're growing and we're growing very fast. The goal is that after Christmas, after everybody gets all of their Christmas presents, things will slow down in January and life will hopefully regulate a little bit. At least that's what keeps me being able to sleep at night. (laughs) Are there other things that are like helping you get through this or other things you're doing for yourself or yeah, like the thought process, how you're navigating this really big like hurdle? It's very necessary to get this to happen. Honestly, I wish I had more more tools. Like I know that there are tools out there. It's amazing though, like when you're in the middle of something really hard, it's all about just completing the next task and like a little bit of survival mode. Some things that have helped me are almost the fact that it is you restart every day because we've had some really hard, really terrible days. And then you get to the end and then it's over and then you just start again tomorrow. And so that that constant refresh is super exhausting, but it also allows a little bit of grace. Everything in yesterday was yesterday. That was in the past. Tomorrow's a brand new day. So double-edged sword there. Like you kind of have the perk of it. Something that also helps is that I do have my my husband helping me with all of this. He's been like a huge support, a huge rock, a jack of all trades, which means I can throw him in whenever, wherever we need. He's actually out delivering a route today. If somebody we we didn't we had a couple people call out today, which means that means my husband's out on the road. And tools though, I try to no matter how late we get back, most nights it's like 11, 1130 or something, but still like going on a walk and just like resetting my brain. I'm dealing with some a little bit of burnout right now. And so that means sometimes I'm driving on the freeway and just have to blast the music so that I can't hear myself think anymore. Because if I think, I'm not able to, to function much better. So I don't know about any super helpful, healthy tips, but the, those are the things that are helping. I really like the having the perspective that the thing that's really hard, everything starting over every day, also gives you a chance to wipe the slate. I feel like having that perspective that that things can be both is, I think, really helpful. I think it doesn't take away any of the hard things, but it like maybe gives you a way to contextualize yourself in a larger system. And I think that can be helpful when you're dealing with a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm not asking you to have a five-year plan. But I am thinking, you know, you're going to get to January. Hopefully things will calm down. Hopefully you're going to keep hiring people. What are you hoping for your business in five years? What are some things that you're hoping? Because the reason you're investing in this is you have long-term hopes. If you thought this was going to be terrible forever, like (laughs) you're supposed to get anything in it. So what do you think about when you think about in the years to come? What are you hoping this might be? Yeah. See, and this is another one that kind of answers that previous question too. Like this is something I focus on to help me get through each day. And it's also something as I'm bringing on new employees and I do like new employee orientations with them. This is like the thing that I get the most excited telling people of is like what my vision is for the company. Um, 
it's funny because most people, I think when they come through our doors and are looking for an Amazon delivery job, you know, they're kind of like, well, I'm just doing this because I can't find any other job or I'm doing this because I have a full-time job, but I need something to fill my hours outside of work or it, it, most of the time, this is not people's destination. This is not a, people are looking to do this for a career. And so knowing that my goal has been, I know that we're going to have turnover. I know that there are going to be people that leave, but I want people no long, no matter how long they're with us and on our team, that they feel like they can walk away having gained something. And so I work that into whether that's skills that we can teach them or friendships that we can build whatever that it might look different for every person, but having that as a goal for each person that comes through makes it feel like all worth it. If we want to build a team that can be a community that can help people already, we've been figuring out different fundraisers and things that we want to help support. Like as a team, once the holidays are over, we have kind of those goals of ways we want to give back to the community. We we service a just a certain community, kind of a certain area, region. And so as our drivers are out and about, that kind of I always have them look out for ways that they can help or give back and bring them back to me so that we can make sure that we're not only just delivering packages to an area, but also caring about the community that we deliver to. So those are some goals. The fact that I got to be where I am at right now because I joined a Amazon delivery company means that I also want to give that opportunity to other people. I'm in a position where I can now, if drivers have been with us over a year, I can nominate them to then own their own company. And that seems like a gift that I'm also really excited to to identify like who wants to do that and who whose lives could be changed by that opportunity. Yeah. So those are a few things that just beyond just building a community of people that that care about each other and that can work well together and succeed together. All of that is really special. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's very exciting. And I can see why that would be helpful through the really hard part right now, being like, okay, this is the foundation. We have to lay the foundation, but I'm excited for you. Is there anything that's come to mind as we've been chatting that you've wanted to share that you haven't had a chance to? Yes. And and I think most people might experience this in their lives too, but just, and I think this has probably been a big theme of this chat that we've had too, but recognizing that you you can find your dreams in many different nooks and crannies, as hard as this is right now, and as many times as I have cried in the past few weeks, just saying like, why, why am I doing this? This is so hard. I have learned so much about myself about other people, about relying on other people, being vulnerable, coming together and just growing. And no matter how the next few months go or how January, how fast January comes, I do feel grateful that my life took as many turns as it did. And I'm excited about where it's going to go next. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on the line, online or connect with you? Oh, sure. I believe my Instagram handle is savperky. So that's S-A-V-P-E-R-K-Y. And I think I'm on LinkedIn too, Savannah Tony Perkins. But those are pretty much my only social media channels. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, thank you. It was so fun to have you. Thank you, Maddie. Appreciate it.
Thank you so much to Savannah for joining me and thank you so much to you for listening. You can find this podcast on Instagram at not a backup plan. You can email me madelineK at gmail.com if you have feedback or guest suggestions. Please take a minute to rate and review this podcast. It really makes a difference. And until next time, remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.